Hello, my name's Jack and welcome to this week's Premier Skills English podcast. In the Premier Skills English podcast, we talk about football and help you with your English. This week, we have a very special podcast for you because I'm going to interview a colleague from the British Council who's come to the UK from Afghanistan. Parwiz now lives in the UK, but he used to live in Kabul, where he was an English teacher for the British Council. I'm going to ask Parwiz about his experiences learning English and coming to the UK, and at the end, I'm going to ask him for some learning English tips. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can also visit the Premier Skills English website at britishcouncil.org slash premierskillsenglish, where you'll be able to download the podcast. On the Premier Skills English website, you can read the transcript and join the Premier Skills English community by completing a task in the comments section. This would normally be a language task, but because today's podcast is going to be about experiences learning English and Parwiz's advice, I'm going to pose some questions that I'd like you to answer about your own experiences learning English and what advice you have. But before that, I want to look at last week's football phrase. If you didn't hear it last week, here's one more chance to guess now. The word was... This word can be used to describe the person or team that has beaten all of their rivals to win a sporting event. Manchester City are the Premier League this season. If you win once, you are a winner. But if you win more than anyone else, you are the... Congratulations to Mo Beckham from Turkey, Hayato from Japan, Sara SB101 from Iran, Kamil Poland from, well, Poland, HSN from Turkey, Mehmet Sisman also from Turkey, Goku from Japan, Taha Gashud from Libya, Martin Swan from Slovakia, Tony Franken and Adikon from Germany, Adam Poneb from Taiwan and Daniel 06 from Colombia. You all worked out that the word I was looking for was champion. I think that was quite easy, given that the podcast was called Manchester City Are Champions, but it seemed like a good time to be thinking about the word. At the end of the podcast, I will challenge you with a new football phrase. And I'll also go through the answers to last week's language challenge. Now it's time for me to introduce Parwiz. Today, I'm very pleased to be able to welcome Parwiz Hussain. Hello, Jack. Thanks for inviting me to your podcast today. Well, you're, you're very welcome, Parwiz. You are um, originally from Afghanistan and now you're living in the UK. Can you tell us what you do? Uh, I was previously working with the British Council of Afghanistan as a teacher and teacher trainer. But since moving to the UK, uh, I'm working with the British Council as an assistant consultant and I'm very happy being in your podcast today. And we're very happy to have you here. Um, I'm sure 
the listeners will be interested in your experience of learning English. Would you mind telling everyone about your experience learning English? Well, uh, I've started learning English at the very earliest stages of, of my life. It was back in 1998, and uh, I and my family, we were living in Pakistan as an immigrant. And uh, during the days, I was making carpets, and during the evenings, I was attending language courses. So it was that time that I started learning English. I'm sorry. Did you say you learned English in Pakistan and you were making carpets? We were living in Peshawar uh, because it was close to the border. And uh, there were a lot of uh, community of Afghans living in Peshawar. Making carpet was one of the biggest, uh, what, what do you say, job in that time. And I was around eight, year, eight years old when I started making carpets. So... um. Were you working full-time making carpets when you were eight years old? Yeah, it was more than a full-time job. So we were used to start working in the early morning, five o'clock in the, in the morning, up to uh, seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the evening. So it was very long time making carpets. Yeah, and we only used to take break on Fridays. Friday was our only break day. We weren't working. Wow, so... so... You were working, what, 14, 15 hour days? Uh, six days a week when you were only eight. And that's when you were learning English. I mean, how? When did you have time to learn English? The courses used to start uh, from 8.30 up to 10 o'clock in the, in the evenings or at night. And then right after stopping uh, making carpets, I was attending the private... On that time, there were private language courses in Peshawar, Pakistan. They, then they were using the uh, IRC, International Rescue Committee, uh, course book and syllable. So we were used to learn English through that course book. Uh, I mean, th- that's amazing. I mean, my, my son's eight and he goes to bed at 8.30. I mean, he goes to school from nine uh, till a quarter past three. I can't imagine he'd learn much after 8.30 in the evening and he's not working all day. I mean, did you have classes every evening? The classes were every evening and uh, it was from Saturday up to Thursday. So we used to go every every day attending the language courses. And uh, do you think the classes were effective? Um, Did you actually learn much English? Well, uh, honestly, uh, because I was I was uh, a little young at that time, and uh, yeah, I, I also yeah living in a very tough situation economically and yeah socially. I I remember that I had very good knowledge of English language, but I don't remember if I could communicate in English on that time because uh, English was spoken only in the classroom environment and uh, no one at, uh, no one in the uh, outside were communicating in the language so yeah I, I remember I had very good knowledge of English but I don't remember if I could communicate very well in the language and how long were you um, were you studying this way whilst you were making carpets uh, we were in Peshawar from 1998 up to 2000 and at the end of 2000 we moved back to Afghanistan because there was a new government there. Okay so then you went back to Afghanistan 
And uh, I, I guess then you, you carried on learning English. Was it was it still in uh, in a private language course or or, or were you learned English at school? At this school, and uh, then the university. I have a bachelor of arts in English language and literature, and uh, I've started teaching English in two thousand eleven. But uh, I haven't stopped learning the language even when I'm a teacher of English. Yeah, I mean. Um... Languages are are complex and changing. Uh, there's something like a million words in English, and uh, and the ways that English is used around the world means there's always something interesting and surprising to learn, even for a native speaker English teacher. Uh, you were obviously a, a good student of English and enjoyed learning the language. Why do you think you liked it? What what do you like about English? Uh, what I really like about uh, the English language is that uh, you you can solve your problem your your daily problem everywhere in the world, and in most of the countries, the signs and the names of the restaurants they are they are written in both languages, the local language as well as English. Even in Afghanistan, English was considered as a foreign language, but still we had on the ministries billboards and on the signboards on the traffic signboards everywhere it was written in pashto and dari and also in english so what 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 i like is you you can solve your problem if you communicate in words and uh, you you can solve your daily problem but in the meantime it made me a bit lazy to learn to com- communicate in other languages hmm that's interesting i'd never thought of um that kind of problem what what problems do you think you faced because you've focused on learning english yeah so relying a lot on english language i've faced lots of challenges on re- relying only on english for example i was stuck in berlin ostbahnhof train station for more than 3 hours because no one was communicating there in english language and i missed the three trains i didn't know what train to catch and uh, what platform sh- should I be there? Yeah, I I know that feeling. It's it's kind of embarrassing, really. But I, I you know you do come to expect to find English in stations and in in airports. I got really stuck in in Japan on a on a work trip. It took me ages to find anything in English. There was actually a a machine you could buy tickets in, which had an option to change the language to English, but. Yeah, took me a long time. It was a bit, as I say, it's a bit embarrassing. Problems aside, let's get back to your experiences learning English. What do you think you you found most difficult as a, a learner of English? As a learner of English, I found two things very difficult, uh, specifically in a context where no one is speaking in the language outside the classroom environment. The first thing is developing communication skills. So if a language is not spoken outside the classroom environment. It is very challenging to develop communicative skills if, if you don't have the opportunity to, to use the English outside. And again, classroom language and the exchange of the language in the classroom is very different when you go outside. For example, if you go shopping, so it would be very different language that you will use. Yeah, I remember my university days. So we had these great teachers giving us instructions and, and trying us to improve our language. But it was limited to the subject that we were, that we were used to study. Hmm. 
I agree with you there. It it can be very difficult to find opportunities to practice using language when you're learning. What was the second thing? The second thing is the natural uh, pronunciation or intonation uh, of, of the language. Because uh, our teachers in Afghanistan, they learned English from someone that they, they weren't in native English speakers as well. And then we were learning from them. So it was very difficult for us to understand if a native speaker was speaking to us. So we had problems with understanding because we only understood our teacher and we only could understand if, if someone from a non-native environment speaks to us. But yeah, it was a bit challenging for us to understand if someone, a native English speaker is speaking to us. Can you uh, give me an example of of this uh so yeah i i visited the uk in 2016 and it was my first visit coming to a native english environment and uh, i found i found myself in a very difficult situation i thought i don't know english at all because i couldn't understand the uh, immigration officer what what she was asking me and i couldn't understand the taxi drivers and uh, on the other hand they, they couldn't understand me as well because how I was talking to them and how I was speaking to them, it, was, it wasn't the, the, the way that someone speaks English. And so what problems did this cause? I mean, what, what happened? Yeah, so right, right after exiting the airport, I and my colleague, we, we were here for, to attend an international conference for English uh, language teachers. And uh, yeah, the conference was in Birmingham. And uh, we tried to, uh, because it was around one o'clock in the morning, we tried to take a taxi from London Heathrow Airport to Birmingham. And uh, yeah, I remember I repeated five times to the taxi driver, I want to go to Birmingham. <laughs> so putting the stress on the, on the last syllable. Because in the course books, you know, a few cities are written in the course books and the, the, the way it, it is pronounced or it is stressed. But I didn't know about Birmingham. So I, I was stressing always the last syllable. And the taxi driver didn't have any idea what I was talking about. And he was just saying, excuse me, or pardon. And then I say, I want to go to Birmingham. <laughs> And then, again, he, he had no idea what I was talking about. Maybe it is very uh, it is very rare if someone books a taxi from London Heathrow Airport to Birmingham. <laughs> because, yeah it, it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a long distance, yeah. Yeah, I think that might have had as much to do with the taxi driver's problems understanding you as, a, as your pronunciation. I think that taxi drivers at airports must be used to lots of different ways to pronounce places they drive to. So now you've moved to the UK, um, how are you finding speaking English here? I, I currently live in Scotland. Uh, I, I moved to the UK in 2021 in July. When I was in Kabul, uh, I, I used to work with uh, most of my colleagues were from England and I, I used to understand them very well because the way they, they were speaking, I was used to their, the, way, the way they pronounced words and the, the, the way they were speaking. Uh, but moving to the UK and uh, specifically moving to Scotland, 
in, in the first few months, I had I had the same problem that I visit I entered the UK in 2016. Yeah, for me, I uh, it took me a few months to understand how how people talk how English is spoken. Uh, in Scotland, and uh, any time when I was wanted to try to communicate someone, I was asking them, uh, "Can you please speak slowly and then give me time to understand, and then I'll provide an answer." So th- I found that bit a little uh, difficult moving to the UK. Again, um, can you give us an example of anything you found particularly difficult? So I live in Paisley, and uh, it. it the the first few weeks uh, i was i was uh, hearing some something and uh, i couldn't understand the meaning it was very difficult for me and then later on i i analyzed with myself so they are saying a wee bit a wee bit hmm we and bit that's quite hard yeah <laughs> yeah so now now i understand that a wee bit what does it mean but at the beginning i didn't understand at all so yeah, I I now understand they say a wee bit, which means yeah, I I maybe after a few seconds I'll get back to you. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I mean, I know that we means small, but it's it's really interesting to hear that you you learnt it from the context of people saying, you know, hang on a wee bit, or I'll be there in a wee bit in a short time. I'm sure there will be lots of other examples of of. English and, and Scots, in fact, now that you'll pick up whilst you're whilst you're in Scotland. Um, okay, well, well, thanks for sharing your experiences of being a learner. I was wondering if we could finish this up with some tips that you could give for for listeners to the Premier Skills English podcast for learning English. The top three tip that I can give, uh, firstly. Try to find a native speaker, a pen friend, who you can communicate in English language. So you can practice your skills and then in the meantime you can learn from your pen friend how English is spoken in the society. In course books uh, you can find the graded version of the language but it is a bit different how English is spoken by the people. Uh, secondly, try to focus on all four skills of the language, uh, on reading, listening, speaking and writing. All of these skills are equally important and uh, try to build uh, confidence in all of them. Uh, when I was learning the language, people used to uh, focus a lot on grammar and vocabulary and they were thinking that these two are the basis of a language and they are focusing a lot on learning vocabulary. They are learning vocabulary from even a dictionary and trying to memorize the words and their uh, meaning in in, in the uh, first language. But from my experience all of these skills are equally important uh, in addition to grammar and vocabulary they are important but in order to be able to communicate in a language you need to be able to read, write, and uh, understand the language and also communicate in the language. And uh, the last tip that I can give is uh, you can find uh, graded uh, resources, graded books on a topic or subject that you're interested in. For example, if you're interested in 
chemistry, you can find graded readers' uh, book about chemistry, and uh, you can read and improve your English language. So it would be very uh, interesting for you. In the meantime, you develop the knowledge in uh, a specific subject, as well as uh, you improve your language skills, specifically reading skills in the language. I can give these three tips uh, for learners who are learning English. Thank you, Parwiz, for sharing your experience and tips with us. What do you think? Have any of you got interesting stories about learning English? Has anyone had classes at unusual times or in unusual circumstances? All of my language classes have been in school or in teaching centres where I've worked. I think that the ways you can learn English are changing now with podcasts and online lessons. What do you think? I would love to read about your experiences learning English, so please share your stories in the comments section of the page for this podcast on Premier Skills English. This week, the focus is on the difficulties you face learning English and tips and advice to overcome those difficulties. Parwiz gave you three tips, which were to find a pen friend or a native speaker you can interact and communicate with, to focus on all the skills of English as well as grammar and vocabulary, and also to try to find graded materials in English about topics you are interested in. A graded resource is a book or some information about a topic that has language that has been edited so it's easier to understand for people who are learning English. You can get graded readers of all sorts of books that are easier to understand. Normally this podcast is graded. Well, not graded, but I try to make the language a a bit easier to understand and I try to speak clearly to help. Now it's your turn. Can you think of three tips you could give to other learners to help them learn English more effectively? Perhaps you've found something that works really well for you to help you learn and remember vocabulary. Or perhaps you've found something that some teachers advise that's no help at all. Please share your tips in the comments section on the podcast page for this podcast on Premier Skills English. Now it's time for me to challenge you with a new football phrase. This week's phrase is quite easy. I mean, I think you'll have heard of it, but it's a a little tricky to use. The phrase is... This is a, a common phrase that means to do exercise to stay healthy and in good physical condition. Often it's used as a noun with a hyphen between the two words to mean the types of activity you can do to stay healthy. So you can join a class. I think that this use is not very fashionable anymore, but the verb form is still used a lot. Okay, before I finish, I'm going to quickly go through the answers to the language challenge from the last podcast. Number one, 
I need you to keep an eye on their new number seven. I've heard she's really fast, so don't get caught out. Number two. I know it's cold. Um, I've put the heating on, but it's going to take a while to kick in. Number three. The fans were so happy, you'd think the result was in the bag. Number four. Any plans the team had of recruiting a new striker were out the window when the club's financial report was released. Number five. The director is in trouble, so now's probably a good time to make a move if you're going to. Number six. These little bugs look harmless, but they are capable of inflicting a painful sting. Number seven. My hopes of a holiday began to slip away when the cost of flights started going up. Number eight. I thought we had a chance, but when I saw who we were playing, my heart sank. Number nine. The club's season went from bad to worse when their star striker was injured. Number 10. We're facing difficult times, but I'm trying to be philosophical about it. That's all I have time for today. Before I finish, I just wanted to say that I hope you found this podcast useful, and I hope all of you stay fit and healthy and safe. Bye for now, and enjoy your football. (laughs) 